Welcome to Roll with Advantage. In D&D, when you roll with advantage, you get to roll two dice instead of one. So this week, you get two episodes instead of one. Enjoy! Content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. listeners to WTF Are You Talking About? The podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Decker. And I'm Katie. And we are asking, here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So here's how this is going to work. We have six categories of topics and in the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science, entertainment, and current events. We'll be using an eight-sided die so if you roll a one, then you'll be rolling a six side die based on those previous categories, but the topic must be local. So that's here within Idaho or the surrounding states in the area. And if you roll an eight, then that's going to be a while. So you can pick whatever you'd like. So with that being said, um, <laughs> this is going to be weird because <laughs> now I have to ask myself. So hold on. Let me, let me give you guys some context here. I have laryngitis. So that is why I sound this way. And that is why Decker has done the intro, because I read the intro a couple of times and he was like, what is this? Right. So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? So, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I rolled local technology <laughs> last time. You sure damn did. <laughs> so, um, and I refuse to talk about the television because anyone in Idaho knows that when it comes to t technology and be local, like our pride and joy is helping invent the television. Um, but I'm going to be talking about not necessarily like um, like computer-esque tech, but more of a uh, mechanical technology that was invented in around 1910, 1911, and was put into production in the 1920s and is current up to now. And that is the Pulaski. The what? The Pulaski. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you said that. Um, my friends in our uh, Pathfinder campaign, we have this place that's called Hakka. And every time we say Hakka, there's always someone that's like, bless you. <laughs> um, Those were just syllables. So um, the Pulaski is a tool that was invented by a someone that was part of the uh, National uh, like Forest like Association to help um, with controlling the growth of forests and what it is is it's also known as the fireman's axe oh mm -hmm. i didn't know that had a separate name yeah so um well that's a, that's its technical name actually so it's just called fireman's axe in terms of uh local like our general slang but that was invented by a guy named uh, Edward Crockett Pulaski. And it was invented by him to help out after um, the, uh, the Great Fire of Idaho, otherwise known as the uh, Fire of 1910. Ah, uh, yes. That was a fire that was extremely detrimental to the area. It destroyed, I think it was four... Uh, no, it was three million acres of land. Goddamn. Yeah, that's a lot. And it's also been known as the Big Blow Up, or the Big Burn, or the Devil's Broom Fire. So, that's a topic for another day. But this was a tool built to help with, um, you know, wild uh, wildland firefighters to help with, uh, with fire breaks which is a method used to help to remove, you know, dead uh, shrubbery that's easily uh, flammable 
And what it does is basically it's it's normally used in conjunction with uh, cross uh, or um, yeah cross burning, right? So um, which fun fact that's where the phrase "fight fire with fire" comes from, okay. which I I mean it makes sense, but I never knew that's where it came from. But this is used in conjunction with that because by using this tool, it, the front side is an axe, as you would assume. And then the back side, I never knew what this was, but the back side's an ads. An ads spelled A-D-Z-E. And do you know what an ads is, what it does? No. No. So an ads is used typically for taking off layers of an object. You have hand and foot ads, which are used in carpentry to help you, you do a small stroke, like just like a little downward motion to get started, and you just keep doing the downward motions until you have it going at a certain angle, and then you start doing bigger ones, and it just peels off the top layer. Oh, okay. Right? So, um, and that's a, uh, so an axe is normally parallel with the, the handle of the tool, whereas an adze is perpendicular. So, like a fireman's axe, you have the, the blade, the axe on the front, and on the back you have the adze. And so that one's used, of course, not for necessarily wood, because it's not used for, like, you know, cleaning the wood and making a nice smooth surface, but it's actually used to actually um, more like, uh, uh, and I, always, I said this wrong the last time I had it, but uh, a matic, right? So that one is a hand tool that, uh, there's two kinds of matics. You have the cutter matic, which is more closer to the Pulaski, in which it has a axe on the front and it has an adze on the back, but that one's used mainly to go at the roots of trees and bushes. So it's only meant for like pulling out, like think um, more like in like your garden areas. And then you have a pickmatic, which is used normally for digging deep holes and like going through like caves and stuff. So not necessarily, I wouldn't say like a miner, per se, but it's normally meant for removing, uh, like, more dense, earthy material, such as, like, uh, rocky deposits. And so the, uh, the uh, Pulaski is meant for taking down small to medium trees and shrubbery and foliage, and then the ads on the back is to help basically raise the ground so that way you can create a strong divide. And so what it does is you have this, it's, you basically create a separation. So that way when the fire gets there, it can't quite continue getting access to more fuel. And then you do it with a cross burn, um, you know, to it in the direction towards the fire, if you can. So that way you also, you keep it from getting closer to you. So basically by using that control, you don't have your fire all of a sudden, you don't have two fires, right? both going in the same direction and they eventually just meet up you hopefully you know kind of kill it right there so with that the Pulaski um, technically may have been invented in 1876 by the Collins Tool Company but it was brought to um, popularity and, and is um, more uh, that's what I'm looking for the tool is more associated with Ed Pulaski since he had already created a tool similar to that and he had um, basically reinvented how it functions so that and so that's how it kind of came to be and he used his patent for this tool in the 20s to get um, that to the Forest Service and eventually it became a staple of firefight wildland firefighters in the area so um currently there is the uh or purportedly there is a the initial tool that he created in the smithsonian institution at wallace district mining museum in wallace idaho you've got a friend that's from wallace nice but yeah there that's what i was talking about i thought that was kind of like a fun uh i mean there's not a lot of tech that i could find necessarily here from idaho <laughs> but i thought that was very intriguing yeah, i'd honestly never thought about those axes before mm -hmm. perfect
Um, right, so with that being said, Katie, what the fuck are you talking about? Well. So, I, I picked something. I, I had current events. And I, I picked something that was... It's, it's not going to be super long. So... That's good. I think that'll be really great on your voice. Uh, but um, I, I felt like it was time to bring in another butt plug. Sick. So. And when you say butt plug, what do you mean by that? Well, I've got a butt plug in my hand right here. No, I've got to tell you about things people put in their butt. Oh, oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, cool. I remember that one. Yeah, we had some interesting ones last time. You got me really excited when you, I mean, but you held out your hand with nothing in it. So then I was really confused about the, the invisible plug. Oh, yes. It's, mm. <laughs> Don't tell me with a good time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you said uh, the butt plug. Check my follow through. <laughs> Turn around. <coughs> so, Eons says, not my patient. But one of my colleagues told me a story about a guy who came into the ER with a cucumber lodged in his ass. He told them he was gardening and fell down onto a cucumber. He also insisted that the staff not tell his wife about his hospital visit. (laughs) You know they're going to tell him about the hospital. Gardening accident, really. Dude, I mean, that is an absolute gift. You can fall in such a way... To where you don't clench to refuse. Like, at that point, your body just openly accepted that cucumber. See, that's the thing, though. Like, I would feel like if you were actually going to fall on it. that Or like, you'd have some you are, massive tearing. Th- yeah, that's like, the thing. Like, you're going to clench and you're, there's going to be a lot of damage. <laughs> that's a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? I can't remember what that's from. That was from the flex tape. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> Yes. Um, The other one I've got is a friend of a friend is an EMT. Last year, he responded to a call for a young teenage boy with rectal bleeding and a colorectal foreign body, which is fancy pants medical speak for something lodged in butthole. (laughs) Turned out to be a 15-year-old boy with a large tree branch. Okay, wait, you freaked me out. I thought you said that there was a 15-year-old boy of this guy's ass. That's terrifying, sad, and So it turned out to be a 15-year-old boy with a large tree branch stuck in his butt. Why a tree branch? He had been experimenting, he made a terrible judgment call, and then he had to call 911. He didn't even bring the branch inside, just did it in the yard, which is where they found him, naked from the waist down. He told them that he'd been trying to get an all-over tan, and the tree fell on him. <laughs> I love I love the responses people have for these. The EMTs politely pretended that this was not the dumbest excuse they'd heard all year. That's good. The kid was fine. That That's... was that was from sold my soul for a hair dye. Man. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> a tree branch. So I mean you're gonna have some bark. You're gonna have, unless I mean, like, unless it was like super. Oh no, you're gonna have some problems. Yeah. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, he, he. I bet he wishes he had a hand ads. Like that would have helped out so much. It would smooth it out. Well, there was a little bit more to this one where there was an edit where the uh, the op was like, just for people that are uh, something about people asking about like if CPS was called. And it was like, yes, they did call CPS because they were worried. And when they did, the kid fessed up to what he was doing. And his mom was like, no, so he's actually been trying to stick stuff up his butt for a while now. (laughs) He's got an anal fixation. And the doctor was like, well, why don't you just get him a sex toy and some lube so he could do this safely? Yeah. And so the last part of the thing was like, that's the first time I've ever heard a doctor actually prescribe, get your kid a dildo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of a fair thing. Like, I mean, if they're going to do it, why not at I least mean, control it? Because you know? our culture like, says no. Yeah, well, 
Some people are missing out on a good time. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> your body's an exciting place, and you should be you should be able to accept whatever you want in your body, save, you know, things that may not damage you. Editing Decker is gonna listen to this and go, what the fuck? Yep, nope. Well, I'll stand by it. We're behind it. Mm. So I had current events. Right. And this is like pretty recent for when we're recording this. Like the the episodes, the articles that I was reading came out like two, three, five days ago. Okay. <clears throat> so for this, we're going to have to do like a small crash course through like a very, very small condensed crash course through biology and nomenclature and classification. There's there's a bloodhound gang joke in there somewhere. So, taxonomy. That's the branch of science concerned with classification, especially of organisms. I almost read that wrong. So, when you were in biology class, whatever you would have to read out loud, would you have this, like, terror in the back of your head that instead of organisms, you're going to say, say orgasms? orgasms? Yes. Yes, because that's what I'd rather be reading and talking about. With all your classmates? At I the mean, age of 13? I'm a, friend, I'm a fan of sharing. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, that's I'm a friendly how, person. That's normally how orgasms are achieved. I mean, save by yourself. <laughs> you know, it's fine. This is devolved. <laughs> Speaking of taxonomy. <laughs> Editing Decker is going to be like, I, I can't put this out. No, it's fine. <clears throat> so for our purposes, there's, so I've seen a couple of different trees where it goes like life and then domain or where it starts at domain. But we're going to start at kingdom because we don't need those other two. Kingdom, yes. So we've got kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. Perfect. That I still remember those. So, and there, there was some sort of a mnemonic device that I do not remember. And I looked through a whole bunch of them, and I was yeah, like, none of these like are ringing King any bells. King Philip. Uh, I, I remember that there was like three of them that I used to have. There's a ton, and none of them were ringing any bells for me. So I was like, well, what was it again? It was Kingdom, Phylum, Class, class order, order, Family, family genus, genus, Species. species. Okay. So kingdoms. There are a couple ways to look at this. Either there's six or there's five. So the five is Animalia, Plantae, Fungi, Protista, and Monera. Mm. But if there's six of them, then you have Animalia, Plantae, Fungi, Protista, Archaea, slash Archaea, Bacteria, and <coughs> Bacteria, and Eubacteria. Yes. Okay. That was the one that we typically studied, was that latter one. So basically what it is is that they, they took the archaea and the bacteria, bacteria. and shoved so those in to make, to make Monera. 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 So the phyla, that can be thought of as groups based on like general specialization of body plan. So think like the degrees of evolutionary relatedness. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Class can be broken down further into subclasses, sort of, oh, this is sort of up to whatever taxonomist is doing the classifications. There wasn't really a whole lot of, like, hard and fast rules. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can okay. still hear you. We're just listening to the quality of sound. I have no quality of sound. I know. You're fine. But I am stubborn. I just, I, this I know. <laughs> This, this, this I expected. No, I'm just making sure that, because I want to make sure that the listeners can hear it. And it sounds like they'll still be okay. So, I will let you know if we get to the land of... I'm sure they're really enjoying the sultry sounds of my voice. <laughs> this is where, like, he could have had, like, a pre-typed... <laughs> it's just, like, all just, Siri. like, Google Translate. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Jillian. <laughs> so similar to class order, there are also not any hard rules that a taxonomist needs to use. Um, but they're, they are kind of universally accepted and followed. Um, and then there's also some that are like hardly recognized at all. Okay. Uh, family, that's generally broken up by families with the same suffix. And that's all I wrote about that. Yes. <laughs> so basically when I was going through these, unless there was like some way that I could break it down into a really concise mm-hmm. thing, I was like, well, not important. So, so just to clarify, kingdom is. That's a really vague question. Right. Kingdom is like the definition of kingdom, according to this it, it hierarchy. Because I think. Kingdom... See, that's the thing. Like, they didn't all have like, this is what this is. This is what that is. It was like, oh, this could be this, 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 and this. Gotcha. So violence specifically is based off of, it sounds like you said body type. It's yeah. Like... So like, de- like evolutionary relatedness. Okay. <clears throat> Genus, that is the first part of the binomial species name. So, you know how it's like... Genus is the first part of the binomial species name. And then the species, that's the largest group of organisms in which any two individuals of appropriate sexes or mating types can produce fertile offspring. And then this is the second half of the binomial species name. Right, like Canis lupus. Homo erectus. Homo sapien. Yes. You got way too excited when I said Hobo erectus. Right. Not that kind of excited. <laughs> I'm always excited. <laughs> Anyways. So, mm-hmm. to the matter at hand. Mm-hmm. Horseshoe crabs. Right. That's where I was expecting this to go. Naturally. Naturally. So they resemble crustaceans. Yes. And I've heard of horseshoe Are I they think... an invasive species? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No, I've heard about them with the Calarias. Um, let me go ahead and quote them. Go ahead and keep talk- and, talking. I'm just going to look at the picture of them really fast. Uh, Paul, oh, go so to the drive. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So. There we go. Yes. That, that's exactly pull up that was... middle picture, the one labeled sex pile. Oh. That is a sex pile of horseshoe crabs. They are just, pile. like, all piled up on top of each other. And... Is this just an orgy? Yeah, pretty is, much. Are, is this Zoidberg's people? Oh God! <laughs> is this... no, that's just that's just a bunch of horseshoe crabs mating. Mm-hmm. It was the and they're awfully friendly. One of the first top-down pictures of a horseshoe crab I could find. Mm. That's a uh, interesting. So I I is feel this like normal. Yeah. They just kind of get together to mate. Yes. Okay. I mean, in groups. That's I think they really like. I mean, yes, they resemble crustaceans. I feel like, that, in my opinion, they only vaguely resemble crustaceans. But they are not classified the same as crustaceans. What are they classified as? So crustaceans are treated as a subphylum of, of arthropoda, which, so the phylum, Arthropods, yes. kingdom, animalia, phylum, arthropoda. Subphylum is where they've broken the phylum down a little bit more. Um, oh, Yes. And the, so crustacean is a subphylum of arthropoda, while horseshoe crabs are also in the same phylum, but they are in a different subphylum. Gotcha. So they're arthropods, but they're not crustaceans. Yes. So even though they, while they are called horseshoe crabs, it's not a fucking crab. They're a horseshoe. They're also they're not horseshoes. a horseshoe. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, that horseshoe sex pile. I just imagine like there being a picture of horseshoes. On the horseshoe sex pile. <laughs> <laughs> so, the horseshoe crab is classified as follows: Kingdom Animalia, Phylum Arthropoda, Subphylum. Uh, what? Chelicerata. Order. Zaf- Zephosera, suborder, Zephosarida, family, Limulati, genus, Limulus. There are four species of horseshoe crabs. Four. That's all. There's four. Uh, They are closely related to the extinct 
Euripides, which is a sea scorpion, which you should Google a picture of that because that's that a weird looking thing. Um, well, I mean, the pictures are either like artist rendering or fossils, but they, they're I'm torn between being like, wow, that's cool looking. And also like, wow, no, I want no, to no, die. No, fuck that 100 percent. Right. Also, I like how there's the image of whatever the fuck that is. I doubt sea it's scorpion. Real. It says bizarre sea scorpion. Uh, they're also known as Euripidid. Yeah. Euripidid. They are extinct. Right. So arthropods. That's a shame. Are, I mean, what kind of? Is it? It's a shame that they're extinct. I'm still glad I don't have to run into them. Yes. But I think I think a loss of any kind of species, for the most part, is kind of unfortunate. Because they're very important to most ecosystems. Normally that means that there's some sort of change in diversity or, you know. Well, the I mean, the horseshoe crabs have made it through, like, most major extinction events. They've also made it through most extinction events. Those are the words I just said. Oh, mated. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Fuck you. Perfect. It's like you literally just repeated what I said. Yes, but I just changed one letter. So the arthropods are characterized by jointed limbs and a cubicle made of chitlin or chitin. Yep. Um, which my first thing when I read when I read that I was like, oh yeah, you can make the you can armor. make armor yeah, out of that in Skyrim. That's exactly what I was thinking when he said shit. I'm like, ah yes, because those were from uh, what were those things called in Skyrim? The mud crabs. No, not the mud crabs. I was thinking the other weird ones that you'd find in the hold. Okay. So the body plan consists of segments, each with a pair of appendages. Uh, they possess an external skeleton, and they molt the rigid cuticle because. As it is rigid, it does not allow for growth. So, so that's why the people might compare them to crustaceans. Yeah. Because, I mean, technically that's more of an aspect of arthropods in general. Because yes. they tend to molt their outer layer. Yes. Huh. Okay. So, as I said, although they are called crabs, they are... Not. Not. They fall into the subphylum I said earlier that is difficult for me to pronounce. <laughs> which includes sea spiders... Arachnids. Yes, sea spiders are a thing. You know I have to look this up. Yes, you do. Fucking yes. Sea spider. Oh! Ah, No. No. No to whatever the fuck that is. That is legit. Okay, if you guys Is that the diving bell spider? It says, uh, let's see. Because I think I remember reading that the diving bell spider, it uses its web to trap oxygen for itself. What? (coughs) That's a thing? Yeah. It can use its web to catch oxygen. Diving bell. Makes sense. Okay. And also, fuck all those pictures. These legit. Sea spiders are nightmare things. These legit look like. The face huggers from Alien. A hundred percent. Oh, don't. Don't worry. We're going to get there. I don't want to get there. Let's not. But, um, yeah, if you guys decide not to look these up, just know these are the face huggers. Just hundred percent. So, if you, if you turn a horseshoe crab upside down, it full fucking looks like a face hugger. It, I, I've got yeah, a, I saw that picture. I've got an upside down picture as well as a gif for you to look at for that, so... So the subphylum that they belong to includes sea spiders, arachnids. I'm trying to see where, like, maybe I see all their different, you know, pincers where they'd probably, are they like filter feeders? No, I don't think so. Are Are they carnivorous? I believe so. Huh. Interesting. So it includes sea spiders, arachnids, which includes scorpions and spiders, and several extinct lineages, such as the Eryptids. God, fucking sea spiders. <laughs> Most subgroups have appendages that appear before the mouth, and that's where the phylum gets its name, because that's the Chelicerae? 
That's what those are called. That's right. And I am 100% doing the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince little acromantula yeah. thing. Yes. <laughs> and the fangs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's was, that when, to... was that when he did the liquid luck? Yeah, that's when he was talking to Slughorn. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> So you often see these as like little pinchers that are used to feed, mm -hmm. um, but in spiders they are more fangs. Great. Yep, it's cool. Um, I, I really like <coughs> knowing that there's. Sp I thought spiders would just drown. Turns out. No, turns some out of them they live don't there. Don't drown. Yeah. Turns out they came from there. Well, and that's one of the reasons. Why well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> So knowing that arachnids and horseshoe crabs are in the same subphylum shows that we were aware that they have for you know some time that they are related, but it hasn't been clear how closely they are related. Mm -hmm. We now know, thanks to the study that has recently published its results, that horseshoe crabs are not related to arachnids. They are arachnids. Fuck off. <laughs> You're telling me that... that these are basically armored spiders. Yeah, they're like armored scorpion spiders. That's what I, you know, uh, I'm glad I'm on land. I'm glad I'm a land lubber. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I would not want to run into these. Like, I'd rather run into a siren, personally. At least they sing to me before I die. Uh, that just seems unfun. Have, have you considered self-control? And just not not going towards the singing. I'm gonna have to roll, we'll say. <laughs> and considering how I normally roll, it's probably gonna be a crit fail. Or uh with your new dice, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So well, and that's another thing that I have here in my notes as well. Most arachnids live on land. There are a decent number of them that live in the water. When you say decent number, are we talking like the tens? Uh, Google it. The... I didn't write it down. I really didn't want to look into that. Cool. Well, I will. Because uh, I've already told you about my like weird thing about pictures of spiders. Oh. Let me see. Spiders are there. Oh. I don't like that number. Unless that's, unless that's when it was... No, no, no. That's probably the year that this was identified. Yeah, no, that's that was... Okay. The number the of walking lights you see Guy did some stuff. There are over 1,300 known species. Of sea spiders. Of sea spiders. Great. That one right there. Uh, whatever the fuck that one is. That looks like a sea tarantula. Get that the fuck off the screen. <laughs> I cannot look at that. What the fuck is that? I hate that. <laughs> the part where we try to find out what the fuck we're looking at. I don't like it. Oh, I think I've seen this one before. Yes, I have seen that one before. I have seen that in aquariums. Gross. Okay, but continue. So, well, I was going to say something earlier and I stopped myself because I was getting ahead of myself and now I don't remember what it was. I have bad memory. It resets at midnight. Your goldfish brain resets? Oh shit, today's at midnight now. Nope, we have nine minutes before it resets. So, <coughs> an old line of thinking was that there... <coughs> an old line of thinking was that there was a split in the family. Okay. I hate when there's a split in the family. I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. What were you going to say? So there's kind of been this wondering where it was like, so did, were the horseshoe crabs in the water and then arachnids evolved and came out of the water? Or was it like they were in the water, they came out of the water, and then the horseshoe crabs were like, well, we're going to go back to the water. Yeah, fuck off. We're so yeah, it's like, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. So there was this belief that there was a split in the family, you know, a bajillion years ago. I hate when there's a split in the family. Uh, which kind of makes sense. When you consider that arachnids have become one of the most diverse classes on Earth. With over 100,000 species. 
1,300 of those are sea spiders. While the horseshoe crab has barely evolved at all over thousands of years, and there are only four species. Four. It's because they're very inclusive. You have to be really cool (laughs) to be a horseshoe crab. Which, to be fair, I'm sure there's probably several species of horseshoe crabs that are dead. But there are only four living ones. Right. Or they just don't move and we never see them. That's, well, I don't know. Um, Horseshoe crab blood is actually, like, super prized for scientific stuff and medicine. Why? Like, there's actually, I think I read somewhere that synthetic horseshoe crab blood has been available for, like, 15 years now. Why do they want horseshoe crab blood? I What's wrong with Kabuto? Why are they harvesting all the Kabutos <laughs> in the water to... <laughs> Why do they want their well, that blood? Was, that was another thing. Why, I wanted to say troglobite, and that's not the word I want. Trog- troglodyte? <laughs> no. Um, I think somewhere down the line, they're, like, related to trilobites. The things that bite your tongue? There is a there is a fish parasite that um, it's very similar to troglodyte. Uh, no, like trilobite, like you know the quintessential fossil. Yes, I know those ones. Yeah, that's what but I'm talking about. There is a very similar name. I'll have to find it, and uh, one of my friends sent it to me a while ago. But yeah, continue. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Oh, that's fine. Oh, the blood. The blood, yep. Um, some, something else uh, is that their their blood can contain... Um, fuck, what's it called? Tetrodotoxin? Um, like, think what's like that? pufferfish. Oh! And like, there's other animals that... Um, yeah, no, not one of those things. That's like a mouthfish. Yeah, but it had a very similar name. Creature eats and becomes tongue. Yeah. It ends up basically controlling the fish to dictate what it eats. It makes me think of those, the the mushrooms that control ants. The zombie Mm -hmm. fruit fungi? Yeah. Freaking terrifying. Um, Did you know that was the basis for uh, The Last of Us? I did actually. The clickers, yeah. uh, like the uh, uh, those things are freaking terrifying. <laughs> I know I freaked myself out. I didn't mean to. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it's not saying the name because I. It said it just said louse. Yeah. Tongue eating louse. Yeah, but okay. Anyways, um, cool. So, sorry. So a recent study that's been working on the genomic sequence of the horseshoe crab for quite some time has repeatedly found that the horseshoe crab fits into the arachnoid family, arachnoid, arachnid family. Mm-hmm. Uh, two-thirds of the genetic trees come to this conclusion, looking at 53 species of arachnids, horseshoe crabs, and sea spiders. Mm-hmm. They also appear to be a sister group to the hooded tick spider. So just Google that. We'll just take a minute. You can just Google the hooded tick spider. Oh, I've seen this before. No. Yeah, no, it's got like these like weird buff arms halfway through. Like, <laughs> it's been working it's out. It's like a car lore was stronger in his lower region. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh... I'm not you can make it go away now. What does it do? Spider like things, spiders. I don't know. Oh. Oh. They're sometimes referred to as podogona. Oh. Am I supposed to know what that means? No, it's just a fun fact. Okay. Hooray. Uh, you could go back to the, the drive. The drive. Yeah. And just look at that picture of the upside down horseshoe crab for a while. Mm. It literally looks the like... Gift. Do you yes. want to look at this one yet? Not yet. Not yet. It, it seriously looks like a face hugger from Alien. Like, just, just wait till we get to the gif. You're going to hate your life. Mm-hmm. So. There's still... Uncertainties. I mean, as there always is with science. So, I mean, if you have two-thirds of the 
the mapping showing like, yes, they belong in this family, that means that there's still one third of that that's showing, nah, they don't really fit into the Arachnid family. Or has family. yet to be proven. So one third of the family trees are not placing the horseshoe crabs in the Arachnid family. Um, but really, it just goes to show how little we actually know about these They're super human. old creatures. <laughs> it gets nuts. So go ahead and pull up that gif. Okay. Another thing, they have gills. So that's just a fun fact. Isn't that how it swims? I think so. It just like throws all its legs. But look at its little like flappies. The flappies, the gills that also propel it. So that's how it brings it. I think moves. so. Interesting. So they get the lungs on the outside of us. But just imagine that like coming towards your face. Mm. No. Yeah, no. It'd be like a like a living washboard. Like. I I feel like this is like. When I did the ghost ships, and I went to bed, and I was like, it's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm really worried that a ghost ship is going to come into my bedroom in Landlock, Idaho. You're well, wrong. This is it. Now I am concerned that it's going to be piloted by a horseshoe crab. <laughs> ah! But I, I guess horseshoe crabs are, like, fairly plentiful plentiful in the, the east. Hmm. In the east? The east of... How far east are we talking? So east we go east? East to the water. <laughs> Right, like like. I, I really don't States. think that these are particularly plentiful in like Wyoming. Right, I would not <laughs> expect them in Wyoming. I don't expect a lot of things in Wyoming. I don't either. I I do expect more things in Wyoming than North Dakota, but eh. I mean it's debatable. I mean that's just because I know some people in North Dakota, so I know they're there. <gasps> they do exist. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, it's still kind of gross though. But yeah, so I thought that, I mean, the articles were pretty interesting. And I know it sounds like, oh, they're not in this family. They're in this family. Sounds like, yeah, okay, big fucking whoop. But I mean, it's a really old species. and Four of them. I, yes. I, it's a really old genus. At that point, yeah. Not, not genus. It's a, it's a really old order. That's what it is. Uh, family. It's a really old thing. They're really big fans of tradition. That's why they couldn't evolve. You know, they just, they're like, this is working. Let's not change it. If it ain't broke. And it, just, it shows you how much we're still learning about the world we live in okay. as we're slowly killing How it. much they're still learning, too. The horseshoe crab? Yeah, they have a huge learning curve ahead of them. We all, all there are a whole bunch of other species, like spiders. They have, what, you said like 100,000 different spiders? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. They have a lot to learn still. So much. What are you talking about? Talking about like, because there's four of them. Like in terms of like natural selection and its evolution and the body learning to adapt. I mean, but if we're looking at that, since they've made it through like all of the other major extinction episodes, I feel like they're probably doing pretty well. Yeah. Although, are they endangered right now? You said they're kind of you said they're plentiful in the east, but also sound like they might be difficult to find. I mean, I over, they might be protected. Overall, they might be in danger. Because they're looking for their blood? Just look it up. I know, but why are they looking for their blood, though? Like, what do, what do they plan to accomplish? For science. They use it for, like, medical purposes and stuff. Like, I found this really kind of a disturbing... Like, is it, like, heal monster venom, or... No. Or it's, like, great for, like, diabetics? <clears throat> I found this kind of a disturbing picture that has a whole bunch of horseshoe crabs just, like, lined up. And in my brain, I was like... In my brain. Because, of course, that's where I was doing my thinking. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, in my left arm, <laughs> I was just. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, like the first place you get drunk is your elbows? Nope, just me. Okay, <laughs> all right. We have a different conversation we have to have now. I am concerned. <laughs> what? But why you get drunk in your elbows immediately? Is that not, not like a feeling that you've had where you're like, man, my elbows are really loose? <laughs> No, that's okay. never been anything I have felt personally. This is not me like trying to make you feel weirded out. Maybe I'm deficient in my drunkenness. Maybe I'm, I get drunk wrong. I don't feel it in my elbows. I feel it in my nose first. What? Yeah, like like like, like my nose. Like I can no longer feel the sensation in my nose. Like that's like like I go from. I get that with my lips. Yeah, so like I know like when I can't feel anything in my nose that I'm like buzzed and any further means i'm gonna be drunk 
That's yeah, I, not there, 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 I I do agree with you though. There are certain sensations in your body where as you're drinking, you know how you know how fucked up you are based on what your body can or cannot feel and slash do. <laughs> but yeah, I have you. Not my elbows, apparently. I don't know. My elbows normally they're, they're working good. Oh, but the they were all lined up on this thing and it it looked like and uh, horseshoe crab blood is blue. Like, I can see that a very nice color of blue. Um, I wonder why, because like our blood can be blue in terms of when it's not oxygenated, which really it's like just like it's like a weirdly weird off-hued red. It's kind of like a purple blue. Um, but I wonder why when oxygen is. I'll just I'll show you this very sad picture. There's just like this row of horseshoe crabs hooked up to this thing bleeding into various receptacles. Is this like a fucking farm? That I think that's what it is. Like a blood farm? Basically, and it's Oh my god, the vampires have found the way to walk in the sunlight and it's through horseshoe crab blood. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. That's how we get the daywalkers. <laughs> Did you see? That they are looking to make another Blade movie with fucking Wesley Snipes. No. No. You're talking to the guy that's like maybe like one Blade movie in their life. Okay. You know what? I think it was the same Blade movie that I saw with you. I will punish myself to watch these other Blade movies so you can mm. see them. But you really need to see Blade Trinity because Ryan Reynolds says the best fucking thing. Cock juggling thunder cunt. Oh, yes. That one. <laughs> and and Pat, Pat Oswald is pretty good, too. But. That's very sad, though. Snipes. I wonder why they're collecting their blood. So I feel like it has to be more, has to be more for just mapping. And I know you said that it's for no, medical like, purposes. But uh, like, yeah. what medical purpose does their blood do for us? Uh, hold, please. It's like, it's the only in like arthropod blood that you could put into a human. That'd be bizarre. Wouldn't that be very bizarre if there was like certain bloods from other species? So it gets its blue color from the copper that is used to carry oxygen around its body. Copper? The same way that iron makes, um, and hemoglobin makes our blood appear red. Interesting. Okay. Also, it, the way that this article is written, it says that these, these horseshoe crabs are donating their blood. Which, I mean, I feel like you have to have consent for that. I mean, some might say people donate their blood to vampires. It's just, is it a willing donation? Is it a forced donation? Who can say? Uh, their blood also reacts with the presence of bacterial endotoxins, coagulating around the contamination and trapping it in a gel-like substance. So do they use it to combat viruses and bacteria? Is that what it's saying? Is it like a like an antivirus? Um, it sounds like they might use it to test for like contaminants. Huh. Performed on medical equipment, vaccines, and other injectables. If they don't cause a coagulation reaction, they're clean. I'm not exactly sure what they mean by that. Maybe it's to confirm if things are sterile. Because if they're not sterile, then it the blood will coagulate around whatever is not sterile. Uh, maybe. That's interesting. It does say that it's estimated that between 10 and 30% of the crabs die during or after the process. And the, the process of them, air quotes, donating their blood is so taxing on the females that it has led to a slowdown of reproduction rates. Yeah, so maybe let's not. For at least the females. I mean, if you're going to... Oh, so it's... Um, one of the things that they use it for is to test for bacterial infection. Okay. But, as I said earlier, synthetic horseshoe crab blood... Horseshoe... Yes, those are the right words in the yeah. right order. Synthetic horseshoe crab blood. Has been available for, like, 15 years. 
So I didn't really look into this. I don't know how much this is really happening. Maybe it just takes a lot of time or resources to make synthetic horseshoe crab blood. I mean, possibly. The article that I just pulled up to look at that stuff is from 2014, so perhaps it's not happening like that anymore. That's interesting. Although there's an article from last year that does say that it is very expensive, so I would assume that means that they're still not just relying on synthetic. Probably not. It is apparently one of the most expensive resources in the world. Interesting. Yeah, they have to provide some sort of a massive benefit. The stuff this blood makes costs $60,000 a gallon. What? $60,000 a gallon? We just bought milk for less than two. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think about that. A jug of milk oh. is worth $60,000 if it was their blood. So, yeah, it can... It, Tell you if it's something is contaminated with bacteria such as E. coli or salmonella. Okay. So that's interesting. The more you know. Do 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 do. Nice. Um, man, that's crazy though. Could you imagine sixty thousand dollars in a gallon milk jug? Oh my god. god. That's blue. That's <laughs> So yeah, that's the, the current events on horseshoe crabs. That's some crazy stuff. Man. Shall we roll for next episode? Let's I do pray it. to God I have a voice. Right. Yes. You're a trooper. I'm honestly... <laughs> Remember I... earlier when you were like, this sounds like it's incredible, incredibly painful. And I was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, I lied. lied. I, I lied. lied. I absolutely lied. I know. You didn't fool me. <laughs> I knew, I knew, but I also know you are very determined. Is the that was a very diplomatic stubborn. thing to say? <laughs> well, I have some Chessex cumulus dice. Uh, I think these are the aqua ones, which I really like. Nice. That's a four. A four. History and education. What would be history and education? All right. And then I'm rolling. Well, you're not surprised. I'm rolling the same dice. <laughs> oh, paranormal. Mm. I'm really, really crossing my fingers that soon I get a true crime because I've got a really gnarly one I want to talk about real bad. Gotcha. I also have a really gnarly one. I hope it's not the same one. <laughs> That'd be very unfortunate. <laughs> but it'd actually be really cool because then we both know stuff. But anyways, uh, cool. So we have Paranormal. And, and we have History Education. education. Fun. Cool. Cool. So. So come back next time to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, Podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.